The Holy Gospel according to St. John, the first chapter. This is the testimony of John, when the Jews sent priests and Levites from Jerusalem to ask him, Who are you? He confessed and did not deny, but confessed, I am not the Christ. And when they asked him, What then? Are you Elijah? He said, I am not. Are you the prophet? And he answered, No. So they said to him, Who are you? We need to give an answer to those who sent us. What do you say about yourself? He said, I am the voice of one crying out in the wilderness. Make straight the way of the Lord, as the prophet Isaiah said. Now they had been sent from the Pharisees. They asked him, Then why are you baptizing if you are neither the Christ nor Elijah nor the prophet? John answered them, I baptize with water, but among you stands one you do not know, even he who comes after me, the strap of whose sandal I am not worthy to untie. These things took place in Bethany across the Jordan, where John was baptizing. This is the testimony of John. When the Jews sent priests and Levites from Jerusalem to ask him, Who are you? He confessed and did not deny, but confessed, I am not the Christ. <coughs> Who are you is a pretty commonly asked question. It comes in various forms, but the essence of the question is the same whenever you hear it. It's a typical question you'll find in a small town when you bump into somebody who seems to be at home, but you don't know who they are. Who are you? Now, there's a formula for answering this question, especially in a small town, right? First, well, you give your name. My name is Aaron Uphoff, and after that, you'll probably give your job. That'll help people who don't know your name. I'm pastor of Calvary Lutheran on North 4th Street. And then, of course, well, then I said it, the location. You say where you're at, up on the north side of town, 4th and Hickory. If it is your hometown, though, I'm not from here. Nobody knows who my grandparents are. But if I were back home in Logan County and I bumped into somebody who didn't know me, especially if it was a few years ago and they were older, they would say, who are you? I would say, I'm Aaron Uphoff, Denny Uphoff's son, Bob Drake's grandson. And if someone was born before 1950, they knew exactly who I was, they knew where I lived, and they probably even knew a few stories about me, even though I had knew, no idea who they were. It's significant how you answer the question, who are you? It is significant because it gives information, information that fills in the blanks for the person who does not know you or anything about you. But how you answer that question also does this. It indicates the things that you think are important or good. In the case of me answering, my grandfather had a pretty good name and reputation in the county, and I was glad to be associated with him, so I would gladly give his name and still do to for some older people. Today we see how John the Baptist answered the question, Who are you? He's now, of course, full-grown, no longer the babe that was born to mute Zechariah and his elderly wife Elizabeth. He has begun his ministry, his job of preparing the way for Jesus, and he has garnered a reputation through his preaching and baptizing. And so the Jews, the Pharisees in Jerusalem, send out priests and Levites as messengers on their behalf to find out who is this guy? What's he out there doing? But when they arrive, he anticipates their motives for why they come to him. They ask him who he is. He doesn't say, well, John, Zechariah's son, some call me John the Baptist. 
He actually, in fact, to think about it this way, he doesn't even bring to mind his father, Zechariah, and his wife, Elizabeth. If these guys are priests and Levites, and this is about only 30 years after that big event when Gabriel appeared to Zechariah, it's pretty certain that they or someone in their family knew Zechariah, and they could have done that small town back and forth about all the people we know in common and the connections that we have. But he doesn't do that. He knows why they're asking. He knows what their mission is, and so he responds, passing over his name, passing over his family, the hill town in Judea where he's from, and he just says this, I'm not the Christ. I am not the Christ. Of course, naturally, they're not satisfied. Well, who are you then? Are you Elijah? You see, they knew, and we know too, that Elijah, or someone in the spirit and power of Elijah, would come and precede the Christ before he came, and so they're trying to find out, oh, if you're not the Christ, are you this one who is going to forerun the Christ? Are you him, according to the prophet Malachi? And he says, I'm not. And they try again, this time going back to Deuteronomy, chapter 18, by our numbering, the Old Testament lesson this evening. And they said, are you the prophet? Are you the one who is supposed to rise up from us and our brothers to speak the words of God to us? Are you the prophet? Well, now, they must not have been listening to his first answer because the prophet was also the Christ, but never mind. To that, he just says, no, not the prophet. Then who are you? We have to give an account to those that send us, they plead. And he then responds with his fuller answer. I am the one crying out in the wilderness. The voice crying out in the wilderness makes straight the way of the Lord, as Isaiah the prophet said. Now, I think it's reasonable to assume over his 30 years of life, John the Baptist had bumped into somebody and they had asked him who he was. There had been situations, almost certainly, that he had interacted with people and they said, who are you? And he's like, well, my name is John. He actually probably did answer that question. It's reasonable to assume that he gave them the straightforward one answer to the question, but not this time. Not because John, in this moment with them, is trying to be difficult. It's not because he's trying to be evasive or just catty with the people. He's not trying to be deceitful even, because he actually is the Elijah that they're looking for, in so many words. He answers as he does, though, because he knows the important answer to who he is, to the question, who are you, is who he's preparing the way for. He can't answer the question, who are you, without talking about Jesus Christ. John had a name. It was John. He had a father and a mother. We know them. John had a location, a town where he grew up, people he knew growing up, and all the like. But all of those details, things that we are so quick in our time and place to recall, and gladly so with people who ask us the question, who are you? For John, those details weren't important. They paled in comparison to why he was born into this world. Even when his title was alluded to, Elijah, are you Elijah? Even that he won't admit in the moment, even though it is true that that's what he was. You see, so focused on Jesus Christ, the one whose way he was preparing, the one whose paths he was straightening out, so focused is John on him that he will own 
Absolutely nothing else. I almost bet you if someone said, are you Zechariah's son? He would have said no, just because he was trying to point them to Jesus. John's true and true and full and ground identity was found in the one who came to make every way straight, everything right, everything good in the world. And for John, as the messenger of this Christ, talking about anything else besides that was a complete waste of time. It was beside the point, pointless even. The Savior Jesus Christ was at hand. The Lord God himself had come into the world to be Emmanuel, as we just sung in that classic Advent hymn. And so why talk about anything else? Why focus on anything else? What possibly could come close in that moment and in those days and years, even now, to be even remotely as important as Jesus Christ? This was John's mindset when he interacted with those priests and Levites from Jerusalem. And it should be ours too. I'm not saying that every day after tonight you go forward and you start being elusive when someone asks you the question, who are you? Well, and you answer like John, no. I'm not even saying that you need to turn every sentence of every conversation into a talk about Jesus Christ and salvation in him. But what I am saying is let Jesus be your true north. Like John the Baptist, let him be the thing that you are all about as it were. Let him be your foundation, your goal, your all-encompassing frame for your life. Let the fact that you bear his name, that you are a Christian, be the most important thing about you. Your name is your name, sure, and we give them and use them, and that's great. We should. But you also have Christ's name put on you. You've been baptized into his family. God, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit has written his name on you, each one of you, individually. So like John, own it. Own it first, own it last, and everywhere in between, and own it gladly. Because for all you speak to, everyone you know, family, friend, stranger, co-worker, enemy, there is nothing more than Jesus Christ and his coming into this world to save. Amen.